When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, and of course on your smart speakers. Shay Cornette, Myron Metcalf here with you for the next couple of hours. And guess what, Myron? It turns out Victor Weminyama actually is decent at basketball. Who would have thought? Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Com. Um, so there was much to do about Webinyama's game one mm-hmm. in Summer League, right? It wasn't great. Nine points, eight boards, five blocks, and two of 13 from the floor, which is never what you want to see from the number one overall pick, the person that's going to change the entire league, the person yeah. that would have been drafted higher than LeBron. We heard all the accolades. Well, then he comes out in game two and actually shows us something, Myron. Uh, Webinyama, 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks. Can you believe he actually knows how to play basketball? It's shocking, uh, Shay. It's shocking because I thought after game one I was going Darko Milicic. You know, this is going to be one of the biggest busts of all time. Why is he even here? How could you pick him number one? You know who you can't trust, Shay. Like if you want to know, like who are the group of people in terms of fans that you can't trust? NBA fans in summer league, like they just exaggerate everything. People are either the best of, of all time or the worst, and there's no in between. Of course, Victor Wimbanyama is a really good player. People have been evaluating him for years. I've seen him live. He's unlike any player we've ever seen. I think we saw that yesterday. But my goodness, after one game, why were fans so quick to be like, this guy doesn't have it? Yeah, we have nothing else to do. Like true. We're in the That's middle. True. That's why we have to focus on Summer League. We don't have a lot to focus on. We don't have a lot to critique. And so enter yeah. Victor Wembanyama. We've got a story about Britney Spears in a bad game one. That's and all true. of a sudden, he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to play basketball. But he obviously did turn the tide. Uh, Blazers still won, by the way, in game two of Summer League. 85, Spurs 80. But again, Wembanyama had 27 points, 12 boards, 3 blocks. And he was 9 of 14 in terms of field goals. And when you look back at what the Spurs did last year as an entire team without Wembanyama, no Spurs. First player actually had a game last season that consisted of 25 points, 10 boards, and three blocks. So already he's making his mark, albeit in Summer League. The fact that he's done it already through two games in Summer League and no Spurs player did it at all the entirety last season obviously says something. Let's hear from that number one overall pick. That would be Victor Weminyama, uh, the new Spurs center. Um, what the difference was between Euroball and now NBA basketball, now that he does have two games of NBA Summer League under his belt. First of all, the court is more open. Uh, it's going fast. It's less physical. I get fouled a lot, but not as much. <laughs> Nothing to compare. Here, players are just flying, you know. Out there, it's more underground, pushing underground, big box outs. Here, it's great athletes, the best in the world, more, way more talent. But uh, I like this better, though. 
Yeah, so it's, it, to me, the way he's describing it, Myron, you've said you've seen him play, so I'll rely more on you, is, is that European basketball is a little bit more physical. There's a little more finesse, maybe, to American basketball or here in the States. I don't really know exactly how to yeah. even word that. Um, and that's kind of what he's describing there. More talent, quicker. Again, I, I'll use the word finesse because I think that's what comes to mind now as opposed to overseas where it does feel like it's a little more physical, and that's what he's noticing through two games. Yeah, I think that's what he's noticing in summer league. But let's be clear. He hasn't seen Jokic and Embiid mm-hmm. and Giannis and right. Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, he he's playing against some dudes who hope to make it to the G League, right? So, you know, it's early. I do think European basketball is a lot different in terms of the style of play. You know, the way the floor is kind of spread out. The NBA has kind of adopted that. But at seven foot four with his skill set, he's going to be able to do what he wants to do, you know, but physically <laughs> – I think that'll still be an adjustment for him when he sees the real high-level centers in this league. I mean, he's playing against guys who have no chance to defend him, but in the regular season will be the real test about how much different the game is. But I don't think we've ever seen a player like him, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Seven foot four can bring the ball up the floor, cross people over, come off ball screens, take jump shots in open space. There is no seven foot four human being that I've ever seen who can do what he does. And I think he has a chance to really change the game. So, uh, Myron, you know this, but I don't, it, my husband is 6'9". So, like, 7'4", yeah. to me, feels tall. But, like, it, I'm like, okay, you know, 7'4". Like, for the average person, I feel like height is different in my life because my husband's yeah. so tall. But, no, when I saw Victor Webinyama stand next to someone who was, like, 6'8", 6'9", and made them yeah. look so small, that's when I'm like, this dude really is a different – this is a different kind of person we're talking about. So I went back and actually – because all the – the only comparison we really have for Victor Webinyama in the NBA is LeBron. Like, that's, that's to me – like the next right, generational yeah. talent, like the next, you know, species of a human being. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So I went back and looked at LeBron's first three summer league g- games. Now, albeit he was an American player. He obviously went to high school here in the States in Akron. However, didn't go to college. So young, you know, learning the game at a rapid pace. And LeBron actually had two very good first two games in summer league and then had a drop off in game three. Interesting. I'll be interested to see what he does in game three, but nonetheless, game one for LeBron, 25 points, nine dimes, six boards, four steals. Game two, 21 points, 12 boards, eight dimes. Not much to ride home about, and then he had a big drop-off in Game 3. But I think the point is here, he was accustomed to the way we play here in the States, obviously, and then had to keep up, whereas yeah. Weminyama had one game where he had you know his feel-it-out game, and now he'll move on from there. It, it, sometimes, and you pointed this out, Myron, so I'm not going to bite it from you, that you feel like sometimes it's harder for international players to adjust. Or maybe it's more the public is harder on them than we are on players that are born here in the States. Why do you think that is? Well, we don't know them, so there's no relationship. I do think that's the biggest thing. If, if you're a high-level rookie in the NBA in today's world, we probably saw you as early as your freshman or sophomore year of in high school on yeah. the recruiting trail. Right. And now those games, <laughs> Shay, are nationally televised, Peach Jam and some of these big recruiting events. Then we saw you at least a year, unless you went to the G League or Overtime Elite, which is a relatively new thing. Then we saw you for at least a year at the collegiate level. So we watched all your games at Duke or Kansas or Kentucky or wherever you ended up. So we know what to expect. There's been that sort of relationship. We've only heard about Victor Wimbanyama. You know, we don't really know anything other than what you sort of read, other than sort of the highlight packages. So I do think international players come here and kind of have to prove that they belong. Dirk dealt with it until he won a championship. 
Think about what people were saying about Jokic, who had won two MVPs but hadn't won a title, and people were knocking him for that. Giannis and what he dealt with before he won a championship. So I think there's a lot of that. I mean, Luka Doncic, Embiid deals with some of that. I just think there's this element of, you know, we don't really know you. I mean, Embiid played at Kansas, but, like, we don't have that relationship. You've got to prove to us you belong. And I think that's been happening to Victor Wimbanyama. But I think there's a chance that a 19-year-old under the biggest spotlight since LeBron James going into summer league after the Britney Spears incident, by the way, probably had a lot on his mind. And that's a lot to adjust to. But I think in game two, you saw that he can do things that I don't think any player in the entire NBA, Shay, can do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just think back to even like draft night, like Chris Stapps Porzingis, for example, when the Knicks drafted Chris Stapps, we were who yep. is this? Yep. What is he? This is such a bust. This is such a Knicks move. We had no yep. idea what he could be. Even Jokic, I mean, was drafted over a Taco Bell commercial. Like yeah. they yeah. enter the league with a different yeah. set of standards, right? Than, and then players that we are accustomed to knowing and understanding and have all this hype built up around them. Yep. Um, so, Again, Victor Wembanyama, game one, not great. Game two of the Summer League, much better, yeah. much better overall. So game one for Wembanyama, again, nine points, eight boards, five blocks. He was two of 13 from field goal, uh, from the floor. Wembanyama then in game two, 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks. He was fantastic, much more comfortable. But if you he, listen to Gray, uh, Draymond Green, who was on his podcast with Paul George, he essentially said, like, everyone needs to pump the brakes. Basically what you're saying, and I'm saying, Myron, like, everyone just relax because let's not expect him to come out and all of a sudden join the Spurs and be a superstar and be an all-star right away. Here's Draymond Green. I think people are setting him up for failure. Like, oh, he's going to be an all-star next year. Like, man, it's hard in this mm-hmm. NBA. Said that? Yeah, it's hard to become an all-star in this hey. league. Now, if he do, like, God be with him. But to say, like, he's going to be an all-star next year as if he don't have to figure this game out, I don't really buy that. I think he will be special, but an all-star next year, I think that's a bit much. Okay, so not saying anything groundbreaking. What 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 was his phrase? If he does do that, God be with him. Okay, yeah, fair I think enough. So. Okay. <laughs> if he if he's an all right. star, then yeah. God be with him. Okay. Um not saying anything groundbreaking there. I think we can all it doesn't I don't think it matters if you're a European player or you went to college for four years here in the States. No one expects you your rookie league to come out and be an all star right away. Like yeah. there's a rookie of the year and then that's really the expectations. Um but nonetheless, again, when you look at someone who's a generational type talent Maybe it feels like if he do, if he's not an all star out of the gates, it's a disappointment. Would that be yeah. going too far? Consider the way we've hyped this guy up. Maybe for some people, it's not logical. I mean, the biggest jump from amateur level to the NBA is for big men. Like no one has a more difficult jump. Like look at how long it's taken all the big men who are premier players right now to adjust to the NBA. Embiid, we didn't see for three years due to injuries, right? right. Jokic, who was he as a rookie compared to who he is now? Giannis was skinny wasn't doing anything, and then gradually built up his body and became who we know him to be. It's hard for big men to adjust to this league. And that's not going to be any different for Victor Wimbanyama. I do think, though, he's just a different kind of talent. And he has a set of skills that we just haven't seen. Uh, and I think he'll make an immediate impact. Does it matter if he's an all-star or not right away? No. The real judgment will be five, six, seven years from now to see if he's worthy of all the hype. That's when you make that judgment call. But right now... I think he'll be a good player. He'll develop. He'll have some weaknesses he has to address. But he'll show right away that he's a unique kind of athlete. At All-star or not, he's the future, I think, of the NBA. 
Yeah, and you know what? What a great hand to be dealt to for Victor Wembanyama. I mean, you've got two games under your belt in summer league. You already have Coach Popovich in your ear telling you how to be, what to do, how to get better. This guy will be on the fast track to being great, no doubt about it, especially with the people that surround him. That is for sure. Uh, Shay Cornette, Myra Metcalf here with you on Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and, of course, on your smart speakers. And as always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Come up. There are two stories involving two coaches um, that's really showed us kind of the ugly side of college sports. Unfortunately, we're going to have to dive in, and we will. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza better because it has to be now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom Añejo tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish shaken strained poured it was green and good the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely greenie the podcast so unfortunately there's been um some bad things going on in the world of college athletics. Northwestern on the football side, West Virginia on the basketball side, and, and two very, very different reasons. But mm-hmm. um, we're going to bring on an insider to help us dig through all this. Although Myron Metcalf, who's here, Shea Cornette, also with you here on Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Myron's dug into these stories um, you know, more than most, especially on the West Virginia side, so he can add some perspective as well. As always, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pete Thamel is also with us. He's our ESPN College Football Senior Writer here at ESPN and obviously knows the ins and outs here of what's going on. Pete, good to talk to you under, I guess, not the best of circumstances, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, Let's start with Northwestern football. Maybe you can set this up for us in terms of those who don't quite fully understand the full story what the allegations are, and where the responsibility maybe lies. Shay, where, where this story is right now, uh, as, as of Monday morning, is the hazing accusations were investigated. Um, they were found. There was hazing in the, in, in the program and, and seemingly, you know, uh, uh, a pretty <laughs> systemic version of it from, uh, from, from the accounts in the reports. The ambiguity and what the university is going to have to determine this morning going forward, Shay, is – you know, whether or not Pat Fitzgerald knew about it and uh, whether or not there was, you know, there was that, that it happened with his with his knowledge. And that's a very uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to, you know, to determine in uh, in this. Uh, the university, Shea, has put itself in a really interesting predicament here and in, in, in moving in moving forward. 
I really think this is going to be the, you know, one of the fundamental tensions. Um, you know, they brought in an outside law firm, which universities often do in these types of cases. The law firm investigated. The university has a report, which it hasn't released. They released executive findings, which is like, uh, you know, a, a summary. Most of the information that has come out um, through the whistleblower via the school paper at Northwestern was known to the university. They've made that they've made that clear. And now the university has kind of reacted to the public rightfully being appalled by what the uh, what the accusations are. And so here we sit on Monday morning and the school has president has come out and used, used the word aired. You know, he said it may have aired in uh, in too lenient of a penalty, which was a two week suspension during the middle of the summer. Um, and, and they need to determine going forward, um, you know, w- what what the penalty is going to be for, for Pat Fitzgerald for these things happening in his uh, in his program. And it's, uh, you know, it, it layers through a lot of uh, a, a lot of really thorny themes, I, I would say, because obviously the nature of the uh, the nature of the accusations and the nature of the hazing um, is, uh, is is graphic and unfortunate and the the school has to balance a coach with a great reputation who is the most transformative figure in its athletic department history against you know the accusations of uh, of this whistleblower and the findings of hazing and determine you know how how responsible Pat Fitzgerald should be for these things having happened in his program. Pete, heck of a weekend. A lot, obviously, news hey. happening. I think you were on vacation, man. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's college sports, right? Uh, it it mm-hmm. felt like the second statement from Northwestern's president said, you know, Pat should know certain things. Um, how will the school assess what he should have known, and how will that impact his future or additional consequences as a result of this investigation? It's a great question, Myron, and it's why there's always an air of ambiguity over these uh, over these situations. Um, you know, the notion of Pat Fitzgerald being in the locker room cheerleading this stuff on is just a fallacy. You know that that didn't that didn't happen, um, and so it comes down to you know, and, and we we see this a lot in cases where players get in trouble. It's what what should or, or players do things wrong? Like, should the coach be responsible when they're not under his you know direct purview, um, when it's not on the field, when it's not on the practice field? And ultimately, and Fitz is a huge accountability guy. Like this happened within his program, and I do I do know that internally, as this investigation was announced and, and went through, as he's addressed his uh, his team, he's been very clear. Like, if hey, if they if they find stuff here, we're going to learn and grow from it. Uh, you know, internally, Pat Fitzgerald hasn't ducked this. He hasn't, you know, tried to, you know, tried to persuade anyone to say anything to the investigators or anything like that. Like he's he's handled it in a in a in a completely professional uh, professional manner. But it, there is like, you know, and then there's there's knowing Myron right, and then there's well, did he have like detailed knowledge or did he think so? You know, there's just so many there's so many layers to that, and it's such a difficult thing to to, to ascertain now. There's a general responsibility of your program and what happens under your program, and and I think that, you know, the that's that's what the school is now weighing the uh, you know weighing the accountability of. But the school, which knew everything essentially, has now completely shifted its stance from 
this is something we're just basically going to brush away to now the world knows about it. So now we have to do something. And that's a, it's an interesting place for a, for a university to sit, especially with a, with, with a figure like Pat Fitzgerald, who was one of the greatest players in school history and, and is obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the best coach in school history. So it's, uh, it's a really compelling collision of, uh, you know, of, of, of factors here. And it's, there's no, there's no easy answer here. I think like uh, what happened is awful. That's, that's clear. Um, and it clearly happened how you ascertain and determine, uh, you know, punishment from them and determine responsibility is, uh, is what the school has to do. And the school has to do it knowing that it clearly misstepped the first time it tried to do it. So now you have to backtrack a bit. We're talking to Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Senior Writer, College Game Day Insider, all of the things. Pete Thamel joining us here on Greeny on ESPN Radio, Shea Cornette, Myron Metcalf here with you as well. All right, uh, the reality of the situation for Northwestern football is they were 1-11 last season, okay? They struggled mightily. But as you detail what Fitzgerald has meant in terms of a coach for that program, as a player for that program, all the things, what kind of complications could there be, Pete, of removing him in terms of his con- if if the school does decide to do that in terms of his contract his relationships uh, et cetera like like could there cause problems here down the road I I don't think and this is an opinion Jay I don't think Pat Fitzgerald is going to end up getting fired uh, but that's an opinion that's nobody's told me that that's not from a source uh, that's just from me reading the situation uh, from 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 afar and as Myron said from mostly from vacation um, so. The, the, the school has to make a choice here, and it's that Fitzgerald's contract runs through, I believe, 2030. Signed a 10-year deal a couple years ago when they when they won the Big Ten West. He makes in the neighborhood. It's a private school, but let's say he makes in the neighborhood of six million dollars a year, and let's say that contract is completely or very near completely guaranteed. So they obviously, if they were to determine to fire him now, they would fire him for cause. And I'm sure there there will be a legal battle, right? There, there usually uh, there usually and typically is, or some kind of settlement, or, or whatever. Um, again, I, I I view that scenario as unlikely. But what they're facing is they obviously haven't performed well on the field. They've been dismal the last uh, the last two seasons, and really three of the last four when they the year they didn't make the uh, the conference title game. They they also finished last again. So um, it, it's. You can't bring it back, and then if they're bad on the field again, or there's some, you know, there's some residual effects from this uh, from this hazing scandal that you know affects recruiting, it affects transfer, you know, it's it's going to impact the program. I, I think that's pretty uh, that, that's pretty clear. So if they do bring it back, it's going to be hard to get rid of them in the future because you can't retroactively fire someone for cause. Now I do think there's a there there'd be an interesting legal case of. The university, having found a vast majority of this stuff in the executive report, making a decision and now making another decision, trying to fire for cause. That is clunky. Um, and again, this all goes down to, you know, legal things that are far above my head. But that would that would certainly be uh, that would certainly be a nonlinear path for, for for a school to reassess the information after a wave of bad publicity. Um, so, again, you know the. The, the logical assumption going forward here is some, you know, some kind of suspension. But it, Northwestern is a different school. There's going to be, you know, heavy board member involvement here. There's going to be some faculty involvement here. Um, Northwestern is proudly not a football factory. You know, it's it's a it's a really high end institution. It's uh, so there's there, that's another just factor. And when you when you feel when you hear everything uh, when you hear everything colliding here. Pete, I understand what's happening with Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern and what they have to assess. 
I'm struggling to understand what's happening with West Virginia and Bob Ooh. Huggins, who has decided that uh, nearly a month after he publicly resigned, um, talked to his team, told him he'd resign. West Virginia hired uh, an interim head coach, his former assistant, and now he's saying he wants his job back. What is happening with Bob Huggins in West Virginia, and what do you think his real motivation is in all this? Myron, I, I mean, the prevailing feeling I have from that situation is it's just sad. There's really no other way to say it. I mean, what a what a spiral for for you know a great American basketball coach Bob Huggins to have the 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 racist incident on the Cincinnati radio station, which was despicable, obviously, and then to have a just a you know, there's no good drunk drivings, right? But they just have the the grisly details of that uh, of that to uh, of that to come out, and then. For him to just like pretend like none of it happened and ask for his job back. I mean, there's the, the self-awareness and I mean, I'm surprised I found a lawyer to, to be able to, to take that case, you know, to, that would take that case because, uh, you know, they, Bob Huggins, what he's essentially doing now is diminishing the chances that anytime soon they're going to walk him out to midcourt and give him a wave and have the West Virginia faithful give him, you know, one last cheer. Uh, the, you know, the ability to resign and not be fired was was viewed as as a way to just sort of save face and keep him tied to the university because you know he is a player former player there and a, a legendary coach so he's basically through this complete hail mary that has zero chance of working burning all the bridges he's you know spent decades and decades and decades building and it's just it's completely devoid of any kind of reality Myron I, I just really think it's sad. It is sad, uh, and obviously there's. it doesn't feel like it's over yet in terms of what's going to happen between Bob Huggins and West Virginia, but uh, the downfall and, uh, you know, the downward slope, as you mentioned, Pete, hasn't been great. Pete Thamel, we appreciate the time as always, buddy. Be well, and thanks for the insight. Shay, thanks. Myron, appreciate you, bud. Thanks. So, yeah, that's Pete Thamel. He's our ESPN college football senior writer. Also, you can hear him as a college game day insider. He does it all. Pete Thamel, follow him on Twitter, at Pete Thamel. Obviously, breaking down what's going on not only at Northwestern and with their football program, but also at West Virginia and their basketball program. And a coach that had been there for a long time, but uh, things just haven't been going the same way. Uh, that yeah. would be Bob Huggins. Let's go back to the football side of things, though, now, Myron. Yeah. Um, because I thought the, probably the most interesting thing that, that Pete Thamel, and he said a lot of really interesting things there, was the fact that he thinks Pat Fitzgerald will not be fired. Um, yeah. and, and there are, and this was his opinion. This was not a fact, and he made that very clear. But I, I, I assume you think this might go a different way. Yeah, now, I will say, you know, Pete, Pete is one of the most – plugged in reporters at the collegiate level. Um, and if he's saying that, that's his gut. But I'm sure also he's had conversations to make him feel that way. I, I just, the way I look at these things, Shay, I don't look at it like it's sports. Like I look at it as any industry, any big company, when there's a moment like this, the CEO is usually forced to resign, right? Like if there's a car company and they've got faulty airbags, what happens? The next day, the CEO calls a press conference and says, yes, I'm resigning. Whether he knew or not, whether he was responsible or not, it's about the perception. And I think there are moments where perception rises above culpability. I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald knew. Uh, I don't know what his understanding was of the hazing and the extent of it. But I think there's a fair case to be made that he should have known. And that you should have a culture where, if this is happening, Shay, players feel safe enough, safe enough and comfortable enough to come forward and say, hey, we're not being treated properly. Bad things are happening. This has to change. 
So if you can't know that that's happening, if you don't know that that's happening, I think that's a problem too. And if you do know that it's happening and you don't do something about it, that's obviously a gigantic issue. I just don't see how Northwestern goes forward with Pat Fitzgerald as its head coach after allegations like this. I don't see how you put him out there, say he's the leader of this team, he's the leader of this program, he's one of the faces of the entire university after something like this. I think they have to let him go. I'm not saying whether or not they they should or what's right, but at the end of the day, in moments like this, Shay, I think the decision's really out of their hands, and they're going to let him go. Well, in the beginning, and Pete alluded or talked about this as well. You know, Northwestern before the public got the full understanding of what had been going on, or allegedly had been going on, I guess you should say, and they gave him this two week unpaid suspension. Um, you know, it felt like a little slap on the wrist. Well, now when there's more details that are coming out and more and more stories being written backtracking is happening a little bit from the university side of things. And now what will they do going forward? Now, Pete Thamel doesn't think they're going to be fired. Myron feels like they should to me. And look, a a lot of this is this person says that I I, uh, grew up in big 10 country. I went to Indiana. I'm from Chicago, uh, very close to the program at Northwestern. um, And, at least in terms of I know a lot of people that played there. I covered it when I, you know, was living in Chicago. And I had never known these allegations going on. Now, I wasn't in a locker room, but I'm just saying this is news to me. Um, And I know, and Pete said this too, Pat Fitzgerald is very much about accountability. He talks about it all the time in his press Mm -hmm. conferences. And so now it's his turn to kind of take that accountability, whether he knew the details or not. But I think with today's climate and what's going on and athletics across the board, be it college or at the professional level, if there is any sort of this, any type of this, any degree of this happening, it it falls on the head coach. Whether you knew all the details or not, and unfortunately, that probably means you're going to be without a job. And that's just the way it kind of works. And so I'm sure Pat Fitzgerald will – Maybe land on his feet, especially if this is not the way it should go. If he if he didn't know this was going on, I'm sorry. But it, it just feels like with the way things work nowadays, you can't have this on your resume. You can't have this kind of stuff hanging over your head, and you certainly can't have it happening in your program, whether you know about it or not. Yeah, and, and Shay, you know, I know we're both parents. Like, can, can you send your kid to Northwestern right now and know that they'll be completely safe their freshman seasons when right. you read something like this. So I think that's a real that's a real thing that'll be considered here as well. Yep. We don't know what some of these young players are going to say or these recruits are going to say. They may pull out and say, we want no part of this. It, it, it's all so bad. And I encourage people to read the Daily Story from the college paper. The Northwestern Daily. The yeah. Northwestern Daily. The allegations in that story are extremely, extremely bad. And I think when you read that, and conclude, obviously, investigative team said they're largely supported by evidence. The investigator said these things are true. It's hard to see a way forward with Pat Fitzgerald as the head coach at Northwestern. Right. And and what do these coaches do? They go into their living rooms, but you know, recruits living rooms and talk to their parents. I'm here to keep your kids safe. I'm yep. here to look out yep. for your child. And it's, it's going to be really hard for mm-hmm. a coaching staff to do that with this kind of stuff um, coming out and new details coming out. It feels like all the time. All right. We'll, we'll leave that where that is uh, with Northwestern and West Virginia. Let's switch gears coming up. The best quarterback in the NFL is, well, we probably could guess who your number one is, but we'll give you our top five because you know what? The NFL never has an off season, especially not here on ESPN radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny, the podcast. See, whenever there's these lists... There's always nice debate. And usually it stays nice and friendly, but sometimes people get passionate and they go below the belt. I don't know. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course, always on your smart speakers, Shea Cornette, Myron Metcalf, fill it in for Greeny. It takes two of us. Greeny's one man, but it takes two of us to fill in. I feel like always. Uh, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I mentioned those lists, which means it is time for a little bit of rank them. Let's do it. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. E-L-A-X. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rankem. The top five quarterbacks. Okay, so let's do it. We're going to rank the top five quarterbacks according to my co-host, Myron Metcalf. By the way, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Number five, Myron. Well, since I've been banned from saying the name Justin Herbert, um, I decided, uh, by my co-host, I decided number five will be Lamar Jackson. And I get it. Lamar Jackson's been up and down. The injuries have been a problem. I think the injuries to his weapons, or lack thereof, have been problematic. But now I think he's going to be much better if he's healthy. 6.8 yards per carry, per attempt, rushing attempt. Last year, he's a dual threat. And I just don't think there's any other player like him in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, number five for me. Lamar Jackson at number five is exactly where I would go. You're right. I I will not allow Justin Herbert to be on these lists. I will not allow it because you know what? To me, this is a player very good. Yes, he's been great for the Chargers. Hasn't even won a playoff game. In fact, hasn't even been good in fourth quarter when time matters most. 32nd in terms of quarterbacks in yards attempt when trailing. Okay, in those moments when we need you most, Justin Herbert, you ain't there. Don't make me keep going. Don't make me keep going. He's not even on the list. I know. (laughs) And he doesn't deserve to be. That's why Lamar Jackson's at number five. Let's hit number four. Number four. 
I'm not even going to say the name Justin the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm not even going to say J names. I'm afraid to say J's. Josh Allen's number four. Uh, obviously, we got to figure out what's going on with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, but that team would be very good. Wouldn't be surprised they won it all. Uh, they're building a new stadium because of what Josh Allen has been able to do, revitalize that entire franchise. Uh, I think you can make a case that maybe he's even higher, uh, but I think number four is a good spot for Josh Allen. And probably the reason you don't have them higher is the fact that they just haven't made it there yet, right? Like yeah, they haven't yeah. been to the Super Bowl yet. They got that's the hump they got to get over. It feels like the pressure has kind of come off Buffalo a little bit since Cincinnati's been so much better the last two years. Um, but one thing I feel like whenever Buffalo loses a game, we don't necessarily blame Josh Allen for whatever reason, just because he does so much with his arms, with his legs. I agree with him being at number four. Let's hit number three. Number three. It's Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's led his team to a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, doubted early in his career. Now here he is. Uh, just signed a giant contract. If you look at the details of the contract, it's a very team-friendly deal. They added a lot of pieces in the draft. I think the Eagles are going to be very good again because of what Jalen Hurts has been able to do. Uh, I think Hurts is your number three quarterback, but I won't be shocked if for the next couple of years it's you know him, Burrow, and Mahomes all battling for that top spot in the NFL. Yeah, he's just so good. Second in the NFL in yards per deep pass. Like, he does it all. Again, arms and legs. Um, And this is, like, the perfect example in terms of Jalen Hurts of someone that we had all had question marks about that has really just taken his team over the top. I agree with you. They're on the right trajectory. My goodness, how the Eagles' tide have turned since the disgruntled players in a locker room, changing of a head coach, all the things. Great. Let's hit the next one. Number two. It's Joe Burrow. I mean, who else could it be? I mean, Burrow Mahomes has become uh, a cool rivalry, I think, for the NFL. Uh, I mean, what he's done in Cincinnati already ready at this point in his career, and I don't think he's peaked at all. I think we're a long way from seeing the best Joe Burrow. He just continues to get better and better. That Cincinnati team is going to be a contender for years to come because of the way that he plays. Uh, it's got to be Joe Burrow at number two. So now the question is, when does Joe Burrow get his bag, right? Like, yeah. when's the contract coming? Because is it that's the only thing to me standing in the way now between the start of the season and now. Like, we're just waiting for it. How much money is it going to be? He doesn't seem bothered by it at all. Like, for someone yeah. that, you know, how much do we talk about Dak Prescott's contract? And I know Lamar kind of added fuel to the fire with his contract, but – but Joe Burrow now is the next one. And we barely talked about it this offseason. I mean, that's really all, the only thing that we have to wait for. Um, let's get to number one. And I think we all know who it is. But, Myron, go ahead. Floor is yours. Number one. Number one. Number one is Kirk. I'm just kidding. Uh, number one is Patrick Mahomes, the one and only. A-, a guy who I think when it's all said and done, much like LeBron James, much like some of the other GOATs, will be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, in the NFL. I think he's already right now. If he retired right now, he's a Hall of Famer. Agreed. 100%. And I think he's just that good. And again, you look at him and you go, how far can he go? Because I think he'll shatter every record, uh, every passing record that exists in the NFL. He is the standard. Mahomes, there's no real argument against that. So we asked this question on game day a couple weeks ago. Do you think there's anyone, and obviously this includes Patrick Mahomes, that catches Tom Brady with seven rings as a quarterback? I think that'll be hard just because there's more talent, you know, across the league, you know. It's just going to be more difficult. And and listen, I like Brady, and and I give him credit, but this new generation of quarterbacks that you have to beat is just different. There's a lot more depth. 
I think, in this NFL compared to the one where Brady was dominant. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so players you didn't mention. Tua Tungo-Vailoa, Justin yeah. Herbert, we don't need to get into. We already did yeah. that. Well, we'll and, okay. and Aaron Rodgers. I think we all just have a bad t- – he won an MVP, and then he had such a stinky year last year that I think we all just have a bad taste in our mouth. But Rodgers could very well find himself back on this list in due time if he does well with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, great list. Jets. Yeah, well, yeah. Let the Jets save him. Yeah. Uh, get him happy. He's out of the <laughs> NFC North. That's a discussion for another day. Myron, great five. Uh, love it. Okay, coming up here on Greeny, we're excited for a new banner to be unveiled in Minnesota. What are we talking about? Oh, don't worry. This will be a good one. Um, maybe it's not necessarily a banner, but more of a cup if you will. It's Myron Metcalf and Shay Cornette here with you on Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.